Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome in if you're just tuning in. Hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd with you on this Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. We are in the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Their floor model sale continues. Currently, it's raining out there, 49 degrees. It's not going to be this downpour all day long, periods of rain, high of 55 today. Then tonight, overcast with rain showers, about a 60% chance tonight, low of 53. Tomorrow, cloudy with occasional rain showers and a high of 63 degrees. Second hour of the program is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. I'll give you more of the details of what's coming up with Valentine's Day right around the corner. And before we get to Humdinger's trivia, Connor O'Gara texted me during the break if you Heard our interview with Connor. He's uh, he's fantastic. He said he's changed his mind. He completely forgot about Ole Miss when I asked him the question, who's had the best offseason to date and you can't use Ohio State? He said, yeah, I don't know why I forgot, but it's Ole Miss. So he goes Ole Miss over his previous choice of Georgia. Time now for Humdinger's Trivia. That's right. It's opportunity for somebody out there to win a $25 gift certificate to Humdinger's. Or of course, on Tuesdays, you could enjoy... Taco Tuesday. Their chicken and fish tacos, just $2 each on Tuesdays over at Humdinger's. Uh, if you're not in the mood for the tacos, or maybe it's not a Tuesday when you head over there, all kinds of great items, of course, on the menu with their great grilled fish options. Uh, they've got so many different kinds that are just absolutely delicious. You can go for the tilapia, the tilapia, the salmon, the mahi-mahi, which is my favorite. Maybe the catfish, maybe the rainbow trout. Added a little skewer of shrimp on there. All kinds of different options with the toppings and the sides as well that are absolutely delicious. Of course, they got the crispy fish and chips. You could also get the little uh, fried catfish or shrimp, but you could do that. You got the chicken uh, menu items. So many different things. Delicious stuff. Healthy stuff on that menu over at Humdinger's. Of course, you'll find Humdinger's at Poplar and Massey and online, Humdinger'sRestaurant.com, where you can check out that entire menu of all the different selections they have for you over at Humdinger's. If you can answer today's trivia question correctly and be the first to do so, then you'll win a $25 gift certificate to go enjoy some of that delicious Humdinger's food. You can answer via text at 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. That is the number. Text in those answers. And again, the first correct answer gets the $25 gift certificate to Humdingers. And here is today's question. With the uh, AFC and NFC Championship Games coming up on Sunday, which team has scored the most points in a conference championship game in NFL history? Which team scored the most points in an NFL conference championship game? 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. Most points ever in a conference championship game in the NFL. Which team did it? Text in those answers, and the first correct answer will get that $25 gift certificate to Humdingers. By the way, what's the matchup you want to see in the Super Bowl? 
Uh, well, I, I need San Francisco for personal reasons, but I don't care about anybody else. You don't care? Zach, do you have a preference? Ravens-Lions. Ravens-Lions. Okay. I definitely want to see the Lions. With all due respect to the 49ers, 49ers are a better overall team, but the Lions, this story is just, I love this story. Motor City, Dan Campbell. I would like to see Baltimore, right? They've had success, obviously, in this century, but new blood as opposed to the whole Kansas City dynasty role. But if they get in, they get in. And and I have all the respect in the world for Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes is the best. But get ready for a lot of Taylor Swift if they make it to the Super Bowl. Hey, Netflix is getting into live sports. This is a breaking story. The streaming platform will air WWE's Raw starting next year, if you want to call that sports. It's entertainment. But it's part of a 10-year, $5 billion deal. That's with a B. 10-year, $5 billion deal. The rights for this streaming platform to air WWE's Raw. All right. Jerry Palm, he joins us every Wednesday. And every Monday and Friday, he has his latest bracketology. And yesterday, it came out with Memphis as a number seven seed. So, the Tigers went from, in Jerry's projections on Friday, a number three seed. So, they have dropped... Well, actually, this goes back to the Monday previous, excuse me, when they were 10th ranked in the country, had them as a three seed. They then lost to South Florida, which was a two-line drop to a five. The two-lane game, as we talked about, it's a loss. It's in this conference, and it's not a good conference, but it is a roadie as opposed to that home loss to South Florida. But he dropped them even more. And Jerry has been very supportive of this Tigers team. Actually, if you look at all the people that have the bracketology, the Lenardis, Everybody else, um, he's had them pretty high compared to others. Mike DeCourcy, who does it for Sporting News. Jerry had him a three, as a three, but now he's dropped him down to a seven. You want to avoid at all costs eight, nine, and then second on that list is seven, ten. But here they are right now with still a long way to go and not a lot of opportunities to better themselves other than Florida Atlantic. Just a, chances to hurt themselves even more. They have them... Again, Jerry has him as a 7 playing New Mexico, a 10 seed, and I would say a dangerous 10 seed. And guess what? If they won that game, they would play the winner of Moorhead State versus Clemson, a team that Memphis beat right now projected as a 3 seed. That just has to stick in your crawl when you've beaten these teams and they're projected way ahead of you now as far as a seed is concerned. The number ones, according to Jerry, are UConn, the defending champions, Purdue, North Carolina, and Houston. He does still have Ole Miss in as a 9, Eli. He's got Mississippi State in as an 11. A few other SEC schools. He's got a bunch of them in there, but he's got Tennessee as a 2 now. Does have 11, uh, Texas A&M, A&M excuse me, in as an 11. That's a team Memphis beat. And he has Florida Atlantic in also as a 7, like Memphis. Again, that's Jerry's latest bracketology from yesterday. Tells you you can't afford many more losses to the bad teams. Another loss to a bad team, and you're you're in the 8-9 with a chance to even be worse and then possibly even be bubblicious, which was just unheard of two weeks ago. 
Now, my question for you is, we talk about Memphis and everybody's Super Bowl and all this stuff, and yeah, they certainly are, but Florida Atlantic's right with them in basketball this year. And we know what Memphis was able to do in football. They had a great year with 10 wins for just the fifth time. Tulane, last year, was the representative in the group of five in the New Year's Six games. This year, they come up a little short. Is Tulane the bell cow of this conference? SMU's leaving. They're going to the ACC. There are some okay programs, athletic programs in the conference, some better than others. South Florida should be better. Maybe they will be in the future. Florida Atlantic is a chance if they put some money into those programs. Is Tulane the bell cow or is Memphis the bell cow? Now, if you look at all sports, Memphis has done really, really well in a lot of the non-revenue sports. Obviously, it was a really good football season. And basketball, we know where they are historically. It's easy for the Tiger fans, I'm sure the text in will say, oh, Memphis is the bell cow. But are they the bell cow or is it Tulane? That's my question. I don't think there is a bell cow. That's part of the problem with the conference. That's what. <laughs> well, I, I think there's a perception out there, and that perception, I think, may be that Tulane is. Every time you hear rumors about, again, more expansion, Tulane's name pops up there, even ahead of Memphis. Doesn't mean that that makes them the bell cow, but obviously they've had if, success. If there Memphis truly was, was a bell the cow, Cotton Bowl. they would be gone already. <laughs> That's what I would say. If you were a bell cow in this conference, you would already be gone. That's a great point. Um, they are now starting to commit financially to their programs just in the last couple of years. But it's an interesting question because we always talk about you know Memphis being the best of the conference. Are they truly the best in the conference? Just a question to throw out there. Right now, if you think about it for the future, it's Memphis and it's Tulane. I can't see anybody else even in that conversation. Although, like I said, there are some programs that are better off athletically than others. It'll be interesting to see where Charlotte goes. Charlotte's had a pretty surprisingly good basketball season at this point. They pulled off some upsets and they were getting better in football. And we know with the money that Pogey's put it, well, he hasn't put in there, but he's been able to raise, they are starting to make headway with the football program. But Charlotte's still a ways off. Like I said, South Florida, it's always shocked me that they are not. Because South Florida makes sense for expansion, especially where they are in that that rich recruiting grounds of Florida. South Florida's just never taken that next step. I, 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 I don't get it. UCF obviously did. Good enough to get into the Big 12. Well, and South Florida now is building the on-campus stadium for football. And- right. Right. Um, we'll see what that does to them. So, the, but it seems that there is a a commitment now, I guess, to at least putting some something into the football program, which is a good move on their part. Whether that it's probably too little, too late for them, I don't know. But certainly, as far as location goes, they are the they are a very attractive location for these other conferences. They just haven't, you know, and and they have, of course, had their moments when they were, um, what they got into the top five in the country when. Flowers was there, yep. um, but it just there hasn't been anything since then, right? And then you have your your newcomers like Rice, and 
UTSA has a pretty good football program. We'll see where they go from here. But certainly they pale in comparison to what Memphis has accomplished as uh, as a school in the athletics world and, and the same to a certain degree with Tulane. Now, Memphis all-time, I think, tops Tulane. But if you look at what has happened recently, you know Tulane can make that argument. But I think it comes down uh, to, to those two. But Memphis will have plenty of time this week to get their act together again in basketball, to get ready for what should be a hostile environment. Not a huge arena. Arena, Bartow Arena is, but a very vocal fan base who will be ready. And Andy Kennedy is going to stir that cauldron. He's going to have those guys ready to go. I think there are still tickets available. There was the story that came out over the weekend that it was a sellout already, but I don't think that is the case, at least as far as what I read yesterday, that there's still some seats available. Memphis, give credit to the Tigers fans. Boy, do they travel. They had a great contingent in New Orleans. Of course, it's nice to go down to New Orleans yeah. and have a good old time yeah. and party grounds nice going on. Destination trip. Right. I'm not I'm not sure about Birmingham, but Birmingham is an easy trip, right? To have Birmingham back in the conference. I imagine there'll be Tigers fans down there. There always is, but there'll be some rabbit uh, UAB fans. But this is the crossroads game for this team. They have to win this game. I know we're not we're not at the point of must wins technically, but I can't imagine what would happen with that loss? Well, first of all, next Monday they would undoubtedly be out of the top 25, but the top 25 in the polls, that's just one thing. It's its not the end-all, be-all, but where you are as far as the, the— polls don't matter at all. Yeah, but I mean, it, <laughs> but the polls also are—we're humans, right? People that have votes that, that deal with things as far as you know, Ken Palm, Ken Palm, or the net, things of that nature. It's all taken into consideration. The human beings, they get behind the walls and decide on who's going to be in the field in the NCAA tournament field, look at all different criteria, all different analytics. They talk about these things. And, you know, Memphis's non-conference schedule was really good. It's not their fault that those teams have fallen on hard times. They took care of business for the most part. But they're not taking care of business right now in the conference. And that's why this Sunday's game is going to be absolutely pivotal. They they have to win this game. And I think yesterday, even though the polls aren't important, right, they're talking points for us on talk radio and all that, but I think the players may look at it and go, you know what, the voters still think we're that good, that we're a top 20 team, so we still get the respect. Let's get our act together. I'm not saying that that changes it, but maybe that's part of the change of, all right, they're respecting us. People know that we're a good team. We know we're a good team. Let's get out there, bust them butt, and, and get back to what we're used to doing, and that's playing good ball and winning. Get rid of the selfishness. Start playing better defensively. Can they turn it around? Yes. They're good enough to turn it around. That's why this week, Cal used to call it Camp Cal. This is Camp Penny. They have to get it done. They have to go down to Birmingham and win. No excuses, even though it's a roadie. We do have a correct answer in our Humdinger's trivia question. Um, and Zach, I am going to need a, a, a tiebreaker from you. Um, the question was, which team has scored the most points in a conference championship game, either AFC or NFC conference championship game in the NFL? Um, there were a lot of folks who came with the Carolina Panthers 
And the Carolina Panthers do hold the record for most points in an NFC championship game with 49. However, they do not hold the record for most points in any championship game, any conference championship game. That is the Buffalo Bills. The Bills with a 51-3 to just whooping of the Raiders back in 1990. That was the first of the four Super Bowls that the Bills would go on to lose. Um, but they put up 51 points. That's the 1990 season. I guess the 1991 championship game. I think I always get confused on that. But uh, 51 for the Buffalo Bills was the correct answer. Did, did you have did, to bring did, that up? Did you have to bring that up too soon, man? Too soon to bring up the Bills. As a diehard Bills fan, as I am, as you know, these well, are, I know these you are, like to claim other teams. These are bad. Time, so me- these are bad. Me- these are bad memories. What do you mean? All right, Zach. We had two that came in with Buffalo with the same timestamp. So. Um, we're going to go. I need you. Uh, let's go. Hensel or Gretel? They both get eaten, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do it yeah, but who gets eaten first? Right, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't need you to break down that. I just need to choose one of them. <laughs> Who's better eaten right there? Hansel, Hansel or Gretel? Who tastes better? Let's go Hansel. Hansel it is. All right. By the, we'll way, be... by the way, I didn't I didn't take Greg as a Buffalo Bill. I'm kidding. Me. It's a joke. I'm being sarcastic. I'm a Colts fan, through and through. Just just having I thought, fun. I thought that was like his secondary team. No, like I don't have Colts. a secondary team. There's no, that's, no the, secondary that's the Eagles. He wants to call the Eagles his team. No, no, I meant my hometown team. You know, I'm not technically from Philly. I'm 60 miles away. But that's the team that all my buddies rooted for. I was a rebel. I rooted for the Colts. I've never so I called, accidentally I've, said... I've, I've never accidentally called the said, Bears my team. I accidentally said my team... Like 20 years ago, and Eli still remembers that. No, I'm not like Wolo. I'm not a fan of the Cubs and the White Sox. I'm not a fan of two teams from the same city. I'm not going down that route. I am a fan of the Colts, and that is it when it comes to football. I am a fan. Go ahead. All right, I thought you were going to say something. I am a fan of James Gaddis Jewelers. You should be as well. Hour two. They are the sponsor of Sports 56 Mornings. have been with us for years and years. If you're looking for that special something, for that special someone in your life, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Beautiful rings and bracelets, necklaces and earrings, pendants of all types, so many choices, plus the one-of-a-kind estate and vintage jewelry. So again, you're looking for something special. Go over there, talk to the experts at James Gaddis Jewelers. They're your family's jeweler, 4,900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. And if you're looking to pop the question on Valentine's Day, you still have a few weeks if you haven't purchased your engagement ring yet. Make sure James Gaddis Jewelers is one of the jewelers you check out. All their diamonds are independently graded and certified. They know there's a lot of competition. They make sure there's a price point to suit everyone's budget. James is a master jeweler and a diamondologist. So, again, you're going down the right avenue when you're dealing with James and his years and years of experience. If you're looking for that special engagement ring, wedding ring, personally designed wedding sets, or any of their fine jewelry, it is James Gaddis Jewelers. 4,900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. Did you say Hansel or Gretel? It's Hansel. Hansel. Hansel, okay. All right. We'll notify our winner. Wasn't Hansel the name of – what was the movie with – Ben Ben um, Stiller and Will Ferrell, no, not Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell was in it, but um, Owen Wilson, Zoolander. One of those dudes was Hansel, wasn't it? One of the characters. It might have been, yeah. I think it was Hansel. All right, we'll take a timeout when we come back. Jeff Crane from the University of Memphis joins us. This is Sports Fifty Six Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports Fifty Six and ninety eight five FM. 
Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Halfway home on this Tuesday edition of Sports 56 Mornings, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you. We're broadcasting live from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together 2120. Witten Road, just north of I-40. It's Tuesday. It's time to talk some Memphis athletics with Jeff Crane. It's time to talk Memphis Tigers athletics. Joining Greg and Eli is University of Memphis Deputy Athletics Director Jeff Crane. Here's Jeff with Greg and Eli. Jeff Crane joins us each and every Tuesday. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrane75. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, guys. Are classes finally going on or is the school open yeah there uh we, we have classes going on uh remotely this week due to the, the water pressure and the boil water advisory in in much of the city uh but the students are are back in class uh, just just taking those classes online we've we've grown accustomed to that uh in in our world over the last few years so so students don't miss a beat so the water pressure and things of that nature is the reason why because i I don't know. In college, we, we we trudged through snowstorms to get to class. I don't I don't get it, but I guess it's a, it's a different world. Yeah, it, it's really uh, not as much about the, uh, the the snow and ice as it is about the water. Uh, not having restroom facilities and, and buildings and things like that mm-hmm. uh, make it make it challenging. Uh, but uh, thankfully, we were able to uh, to get the water pressure back to a good spot uh, in our athletics facility uh, just in the last. Uh, 24 hours or so, so our student-athletes are able to, to get back in and practice and train. Well, you certainly had a challenge for the Memphis women's basketball team last week because you were scheduled to play on Thursday at Elmerone Fieldhouse and could not play there because of the reasons you just talked about. The game was shifted to FedEx Forum. Uh, number one, what's the situation with Elmerone Fieldhouse moving forward? Because the next home game is not until February 1st. So that's next, what, next Thursday? And then how about if FedEx Forum wasn't available? What would have happened? Yeah, you know, we uh, we do feel like Elmerone will be, be up and ready to go. In fact, uh, should be uh, ready to go by the end of the day today. And uh, we don't anticipate any issues uh, as we go forward uh, in facility. But the, the folks at FedEx Forum and the Grizzlies were, were so accommodating. And as we've talked about before, they are true partners of ours, and, and we're very thankful. Uh, we sprung that on them uh, with not a whole lot of warning, <laughs> and, and they immediately uh, went to work and, and had to adjust a few things around that, that they were trying to, to get done in the building uh, to accommodate us. And, and it was uh, we had a uh, almost a thousand people at the game, and under the weather conditions and the change of venue, um, and heck, we won the game by twenty. So uh, I think Coach Simmons may may want to play some more games. Oh yes, you said that to me. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. But do you think the um, 
do you, do you think that the uh, game would have been postponed if there wasn't an availability at FedEx Forum, or do you have a contingency plan even beyond that? Yeah, we were we were looking at several different options uh, on the city in the event that uh, the, the FedEx Forum was not available. Uh, Port Atlantic had had uh, committed to getting to Memphis, and so uh, we were going to play the game way or the other. Uh, but very thankful that we were able to to do so at FedEx Forum. I know. I, I I'd imagine for for you for an athletic department as whole. The last thing you ever want to have to do is have hold sporting events where you have to tell fans stay home. Yeah, not not ideal. <laughs> uh, it goes against everything we <laughs> we we believe to be true, uh, but just felt like it was the the right thing to do under the circumstances. And uh, the city had had put out some uh, advisories that that they had asked people to stay off the roads that that particular night unless there was an emergency and. The roads were, were certainly uh, not in a in a place that uh, we wanted to encourage that uh, unfortunate uh, being that it was a game, obviously, but uh, but uh, not something we look to do in the future. That's for sure. So, do you in your deal with the Grizzlies? Do you still have the whole thing about ticket scan count and that determines payouts and all that stuff? We do. Uh, that that's a that's still a part of our of our contract. We are uh, negotiating a. An extension uh, to that contract as we speak, um, but the the current contract does read that way. And we've had some conversations with the Grizzlies related to that particular game. And, okay, uh, seeing that it was out of out of all of our control, um, you know, I think we'll we'll likely make some adjustments to that formula. Uh, but that that's an ongoing conversation. I I, I figured there had to be that you kind of an act of God type thing. I mean, you're not going <laughs> to that obviously get a pass for that. But and for those folks again. If you had tickets to that game, what are you able to do with them? Yeah, so uh, our ticket office has, has sent information out related to that particular game and uh, can exchange for any game uh, as, as the season goes on. So uh, if you had four tickets uh, to, to the South Florida game, you can swap those out uh, for, for any game as we go forward. All these days are starting to blend but if I'm uh, I'm not mistaken, you had a tennis match the day before, the night before, the basketball game. If my timing is that correct? Yeah, I think you know I've lost track too. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure you had the tennis match. You were playing uh, the the men's tennis team was going up against Harvard because we yep. talked about it last week when you were on uh, over yep. at Leftwich and. You guys came out with the statement not to come to the game because you weren't letting fans in. But yet the next right. day was FedEx Forum and the basketball game, and yet you said there you advise you know probably to stay at home, but it's your call. What's what what? Why is the difference? And it was less than twenty four yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good question. Um, you know those those facilities are are managed uh, differently. Uh, the the FedEx Forum is is operated by the Grizzlies, and so uh, they felt they were in a position to still accommodate the game, uh, felt they had the staffing appropriate to do so, whereas Leftwich is um, owned and operated by the city of Memphis, Mm -hmm. and as there were other city uh, facilities that were closed at that time, uh, they still gave us the opportunity to play the match, which we're appreciative of, uh, but but did not want to to open that facility to the public. And wanted to try to stay consistent in that way, and so you know, of course, we we uh, we, we honored that. Uh, but 
but in, in the meantime, our, our men's tennis team has just been on a roll. Yes, they uh, have. 4-0. Uh, since last week beating Harvard, number 11 in the country, uh, they've beaten Northwestern and Indiana. So uh, we're, we're doing really, really well in men's tennis. Very excited. Uh, we had fans back in Leftwich uh, this weekend when we played Indiana, and it's such a great atmosphere uh, there playing on the indoor courts and encourage folks to come out and check it out. Our, our women uh, this weekend on Saturday play Ole Miss uh, at 2 o'clock at Leftwich. So I uh, hope to see a big crowd out there. And it's still free of charge? Absolutely. It's uh, free, free for all. Uh, not a free for all, but it is free for all to attend. <laughs> yeah, we don't want we don't want a free for all. We don't want yeah. a free for all yeah. there. But, but the what what has been the reaction from folks who have been in you know fans or anything else that have been had a chance to see Leftwich now that it's been open? You know, I I, I think that uh, they're amazed. Frankly, if if uh, for for many of the folks that are playing tennis at Leftwich, they had been uh longtime patrons of of leftwich prior to the renovation or i should say rebuild and um it, it is one of the finest facilities in the country certainly for college tennis uh you will you will have a hard time finding a facility better than leftwich so we're just appreciative of the partnership with the city and 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 think that's a no that's going to elevate our tennis programs even further as as we go forward and uh, excited to, to get outdoors as soon as the weather Mm-hmm. Uh, permits and at this rate you know it might be 90 degrees next week <laughs> well, next, next friday i believe it is the forecast has it for like 65 and sunny so you know what day it is not far off next friday it's groundhog day i wonder what uh Puxitani phil will see you know we just hope we're playing tennis outdoors sooner rather than later <laughs> <laughs> so you want you guys uh and i'm talking you guys meaning the men's basketball team unfortunately we're on the wrong side of a court storming against Tulane on Sunday where David Jones was 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 hit by a fan nothing brutal but was hit by a fan and Tulane immediately uh, came out on social media and uh, obviously panned that they said that they would not accept any type of, of this behavior number one did they, did they also contact you guys to apologize and, and number two Jeff what can be done because you start to worry about and there's always been the talk about the the, the field storming in football because there's thousands and thousands and thousands, but it's a confined area in basketball. And we had Caitlin Clark at run over the other day, the star from Iowa. What are your thoughts on that? But also, did Tulane contact you guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if, if Tulane did. I, I don't know. I, I would I would uh, uh, be almost certain that there's been a conversation either with our sport administrators or, or Laird and their athletics director. That would be uh, very customary for that sort of conversation to take place. I just don't know that for sure. Um, and and it's, a, it's a huge challenge, uh, a much bigger challenge, obviously, in football due to the number of, of fans versus basketball. Um, and and we, we go through uh, painstaking efforts uh, to, to try to avoid that, um, you know, various things, security guards, uh, stanchions, uh, you know, everything under the sun. Uh, to, to try to avoid those those issues, uh, but uh, sometimes uh, college students in particular will be college students, and so uh, our goal is to, if, if it ends up happening, uh, try to get everybody off the floor as as quickly and safely as possible. Uh, but it's a it, it's, it's a big challenge across the industry, and I don't know that anybody's figured out the, the exact formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, many conferences are finding schools at high levels 
but but even that hasn't uh, hasn't seemed to, to to stop it entirely. Couple of football notes and, and and a question for you: Have they already announced dates for spring football? Uh, those should be coming out uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Um, we we do have uh, practice will get get rolling. I want to say about mid March, and then. Uh, spring game will be later in April, so all those dates should be coming out in in the next couple weeks. Will the spring game still be played at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium if renovation has started by then, which you certainly hope it has? Yes, uh, we will have the spring game at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, uh, regardless of the the start of the the renovation, um, and you know maybe maybe limited in some areas uh, if if we started by that time, uh, but uh, yes, still play the game there. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the football academic success. Uh, very, very good. Yeah, we're we're just you know I think what you're seeing with our football program is Coach Silverfield and his staff have, have put a standard in place and and there's a standard on the field and there's a standard off the field. This this fall we we finished with our highest fall GPA um, in in the history of our football program. We had over half of our football student athletes with a 3.0 or, or better. And I think what you see is that, that success on the field leads to success off the field, and and those uh, those things work hand in hand. The the discipline and the work ethic that, that Coach Silverfield and his staff are, are instilling uh, in our student athletes is, is paying off in in so many ways, and, and really really proud of that, and, and all of our student athletes' academic success. And who says you can't come home again? Uh, Coach Silverfield goes out and hires two former Tigers in Lou Esposito and Reggie Howard to join that defensive staff for Coach Jordan Hankins. Yeah, uh, you know, I thought that was such a uh, such a wise move by Coach Silverfield and, and Coach Hankins to, to bring in uh, our own. Uh, you know, there's just a different perspective uh, with Lou Esposito and Reggie Howard both playing at Memphis, both having great uh, careers uh, in terms of their football playing careers, but mm-hmm. but then also great great coaches uh, with great experience, and so uh, you know just a just another another layer of uh, something that's important to, to Coach Silverfield and his staff to to bring that perspective and and have uh, have more Tigers as a part of our program, something that's really important uh, to to them, and uh, and happy to welcome both of them back to Memphis. All right, Jeff, good stuff as always. That's University of Memphis Deputy AD Jeff Crane. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrane75 and listen to him every Tuesday as he joins us here on Sports 56 Mornings. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks so much, guys. Go Tigers, go. Folks, if you got a move coming up, maybe you're moving into a new house, maybe a new office, whatever it is, wherever you're going, no matter where it is, whether it's across town or across country, you want to make sure you get the professionals to help you to do that for you. That's black tie moving. That's the best one you can call. All you got to do is pick up the phone, give them a call, 901-316-6196, or you can go to their website. That's blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis. You get a lot of information through the website, all of that stuff. And uh, the, main part, the, main, the main part of it, though, is when you talk to the folks at Black Tie Moving, they are going to work with you coming up with a plan for your move, fitting what you need, fitting your budget, Getting no obligate, they give you a no obligation quote up front as well, so you know exactly what it's going to cost as well. During the process of the move, you've got a moving concierge who's available to answer any questions that might come up. Moving can be stressful, so you want to take as much of that stress and worry out of the process as you can. And the easiest way to do that is get the professionals to do it for you. Black tie moving, 901. 901- 316-6196 or blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis. Get those professionals on your side from Black Tie Moving. 
You're listening to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Coming up in hour number three, Zoe Goodson will join us from Rhodes. Tomorrow, Memphis Tiger assistant basketball coach Andy Borman. Jerry Palm will join us. We'll talk with Michael Cole from the Commercial Appeal about the Grizzlies. If you missed it last night, the Grizzlies going to Toronto and win 108-100 to to improve to 16-27. and Jaron Jackson Jr. leading the way with 27 points, six steals, and they were all in the first quarter, which is just mind-boggling. Also, the Titans are finalizing a deal, according to several reports, the first being Adam Schefter. Uh, they are finalizing a deal with Brian Callahan to become their new head coach. Callahan, recently the offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. The uh, the Grizzlies also yesterday. Um, it has started. the 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 national TV games are yeah, are going to are going to they're going to dwindle in a hurry. Um, and they 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 lost two yesterday, an ESPN game and a TNT game. Um, their game against Cleveland on February 1st, which that was supposed to be a 9 o'clock game, so that actually helps because now it becomes a 7 o'clock tip-off, mm-hmm. um, which will be on Bally's. And then their game against Boston in Boston on February 4th, which was supposed to be a ESPN game. Um, that one has also been dropped by ESPN. And uh, expect these announcements to continue because um, the national television folks are not going to really want to be broadcasting Grizzlies games the rest of the way. And there are some Grizzlies games when they're broadcast nationally that they still do the local broadcast. What's the network that they don't do it? Is it TNT? TNT. So when they're TNT and they're not going to do them all of a sudden, they get them back. So it's yes. more it's more work. I don't know if, if Pete and Brad want more games and fish, but that's more games, that's more pay. I'm the opposite. I lose games. They, they go the other way. They become national games or they become games that are on uh, the bigger networks. But that's the way it is in the world of sports broadcasting. Um, yeah, the, the I think they've got some NBA TV games. I would imagine they might be able to, to hold on to those. But I'm going to guess the TNTs especially – are probably going to be um, gone for the rest of the year. Um, and and I would say the ESPNs in all likelihood as well. You're telling me when you rattle off names like Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, John Conchar, there's an odd name in that foursome, right? I mean, you, you don't want to see Jitty? Is that what you're saying? You don't want to see young Gigi Jackson perform? You don't want to see I Jacob do. Gilliard? Come I on. do, but TNT doesn't want to show them yeah, perform. Apparently, apparently not. It was fun, though, when they played the other day and Shaq's interviewing Gigi Jackson and Gigi's, like, his eyes are popping out that it's Shaq talking to him. He had an unbelievable game. That's fun to see some of the upcoming talent in the NBA. Joel Embiid might have had 70 points last night. He did not have as many blocks as John Conchar. He he did not. So take that. Don't mess with uh, Mount Mutumbo uh, John Conchar. Yeah, if you missed it last night, 70 for Joel Embiid with 18 rebounds and 5 assists. Sixers beat the Spurs 133-123. 
However, the Timberwolves got 62 from Carl Anthony Towns, and they lost, blew a big lead in the second half, lost to the Hornets of all teams at home, 128-125. to Again, last night, on the night of the 18th anniversary of Kobe's 81-point performance. It was the fourth time in history that two different guys scored 60 points on a on the same night or same day in NBA history. It was the first time since it happened since 1978, though. So it's been a long time since we saw that one. Who were so those that, guys? Do you have the... I don't remember who the two were on... Um, what the heck was that? 78. Was it David Thompson? Might have been involved. I can't remember. I don't. I don't remember. I'm who curious was from now, Zach. I don't know if you could find that. But in '78, who had uh, 60 point games? I'm not even sure if Thompson had 60 in a game. But um, I don't know why I threw his name out there. Maybe. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's not. I think George Gervin might have been one of them. The Iceman. If the Iceman coming. I don't know. I can't. I'm, I can't remember. I have to remember where I saw that. Okay. Uh, from college Ooh, basketball. I got you. What do you got? Uh, matter of fact, both of you guys are right. Was it David so Thompson and George Gervin? Was so it those two Dave guys? Thompson and George Gervin. Why George Gervin ring a bell in my head? I don't, but yeah. That's nuts right there. I don't know why I came up with David Thompson. You come up with Gervin. Oh, that's unbelievable. And I don't know Almost the other. like we worked together I, before. I don't know the other ones. I just, That's the only one that I saw that it happened was the last time it happened. I don't know the other ones. I would assume Wilt was probably involved in the other ones. <laughs> you just assume that he was getting 60 a lot. Somebody else probably matched him one night along the way, or maybe he was both of the others. I don't know. Well, that's 22. That's uh, 46 years ago. Well, think think about whether, I mean, if they had a three-point shot when, when they did, and some of those guys that were scoring big-time points without a three-point shot. Not like Wilt was going to be shooting three-pointers, but some of the other guys that uh, that did not have the opportunity to play when the three-point shot was there. And how many points, you know, the pistol could have could have scored. Uh, from uh, college, go ahead. David Thompson, 73 points against the Detroit Pistons, and then George Gervin, 63 against the New Orleans Jazz. Thank you. But you can't see you can't you can't find the other two instances where it no. happened. <clears throat> um, from college basketball, DePaul has fired their head coach, Tony Stubblefield. He was nine and thirty-eight in the Big East. DePaul, the once proud Blue Demons, you know very much uh, about that history of DePaul, a Chicago team that under Ray Meyer for years was a power. Can they ever get it back? It wouldn't appear so. It's just sad. It's really sad. I was such a big DePaul fan growing up. And then, like, they just, they have not won. They've won one NCAA tournament game since 1989. See, I, I know it's a private school. They haven't been to the tournament since 2004, which is the one other time they did They did win a game in that tournament. But uh, And I mean, Joey had success too, right? Following Ray, he just passed away, Joey. No? He passed away. It's too soon, so I'm not going to go into my Joey Meyer stuff. Oh, you have something negative to say about Joey Meyer. But he ruined the program. Let's be honest. He oh, ruined, did he? I so Joey Meyer ruined the program. And that's not even actually – I can say it it's not coming from me. That's coming from DePaul players who played for Joey Meyer who said he ruined the program. I did a game at Rosemont, Rosemont Horizon, when they played there, when Memphis played DePaul back in the day when we had three in the booth. Wolo remembers this, me, Dave, and, and, and John Albright. But – and I, it, I digress. And the program I, probably was going to, because there's not an investment there's in all not, that stuff. That's Joe, the finances. Joey, I mean, it probably was going to go downhill anyway. Joey Meyer probably just 
sped that up and ruined it in his time there. But they've gone through coach after coach after coach after coach, and it's not working whatsoever right now. So uh, they I, had the guys I don't like know. Dave Leto and all that. Like, let's say they got okay. I know they're not. Ole Miss wasn't in the situation that, that the Pauls in, and they went out, but they went out outside the box, and Keith Carter brought in Chris Beard. You know, one of the one of the great X's and O's guy, and. It's paying dividends early, and I think it will as he continues on. But Jeff Goodman brought up an interesting name, Will Wade. Will Wade was at LSU and then got into trouble, and now is at McNeese, and they're good. I mean, to bring that in incredible that, win last night. Yeah, so to bring in somebody that actually has the ability to coach, and if they got the backing of some alumni, you have all those kids in Chicago. I'm not saying they'd pick DePaul over. The great programs in the country, but some may, and that's what the Paul was able to do. Maybe sprinkle in some of those St. Louis kids. I don't know why you can't figure it out at DePaul. I mean, you need some money, and there's got to be some some boosters that are willing to put in the money, some alum that are willing to put in the money. Bring in a coach that has the ability. Not the an facilities old facilities I don't think there's any money. I don't. I doubt there's. But I don't think. I doubt their nil is really good. They're not playing at the Rosemonts. I know it's not even called the Rosemont anymore. They aren't. Are they playing at? They're not playing at the United Center, are they? Where yeah. the hell's the ball play? I think United they Center still play the at the the old Rosemont, whatever that which is became the called. State Farm Arena. I think it was. They had the hockey team there, so the floor was cold as hell when I was there. But that was years ago, so I don't know where they are now, but. I mean, that's, that was a once-proud program that has fallen on hard times. But anyway, Tony Stubblefield out of a job. Also, speaking of, of being out of a job, Tommy Reese, who was the offensive coordinator for Nick Saban. Saban announced his retirement. He's replaced by Kalen DeBoer. He brings in his, his guy, Grubb. Tommy Reese looking for a job. Tommy Reese is going to head to the NFL, according to reports. He will become the tight ends coach of the Cleveland Browns. They're expected to name Tommy Reese. Goes from OC of Alabama to the tight ends coach of the Cleveland Browns. FanDuel has its Heisman odds. It's way too early Heisman odds, but if you want to throw some uh, some futures down on some of these players, here are the odds for the Heisman for next year. Your favorites, there are two of them. Carson Beck from Georgia, Quinn Ewers from Texas, 7.5 to 1. Dylan Gabriel, 10 to 1. Will Howard, we talked about him. Transferring to Ohio State, Jalen Milrose returning to Alabama. They are 12 to 1. And then Nico Suave, Nico Iamaleava, Iamaleava, Nico Iamaleava. I think that's how you pronounce that's it. That's not correct. But That is not correct? Okay. I tried. <laughs> Iamaleava, I believe it is. Iamaleava. Okay. Yeah, well, you know. You got to give him some credit. I'm not, I'm not worried about it right now. Once the season starts, I'll have to learn how to pronounce that. You know, if I ever had to call a game, which I will not be calling a Tennessee game, I would learn how to do that. But right now, he's Rico Suave, or Nico Suave to me. Um, but anyway, he's 15 to 1. Jackson Dart is 18 to 1. DJ Uyunglele, I can pronounce that one. He is 25 to 1 with a new team, Florida State. So interesting. Quinn Ewers. The return to Texas with Arch Manning, interesting. I guess Arch Manning is going to hang around again and, and be a backup, and we'll see where that goes from there. DePaul plays at Wintrust Arena, which is actually at McCormick Place. Um, it's the event center for McCormick Place. It's a new arena they built at McCormick Place that DePaul plays in. Okay, so they're not playing at the old 
Rosemont Horizon. We will take a timeout when we come back. Hour number three of the program. Zoe Goodson will join us. And uh, we'll take your calls and texts in our final 30 minutes. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.